What's going on, ladies and gents? Welcome back to another episode of the Red Devil Roundup. Dare I say it, we're back with season two. Uh, pre-season's underway and it's been a little while. I mean, that was always the plan. Season finished, wasn't... Uh, it was pretty underwhelming finish the last season, but we are going to forget about it, not worry about it, put it in the past, and we're going to look forward to season 2023. So, yeah, I'm back. United have been on tour, and I guess they're still touring at the moment, but they've just swung by my home city. So, they've come through Melbourne, played a couple of games at the MCG, both of which I was uh, in attendance. Uh, and they were really, really good. It was good games, good to be a part of, good to attend. Um, and yeah, I guess just going to touch on the preseason, how things are going, signings, potential signings. Uh, new management, new lineup, and I guess a few dilemmas as well we might find ourselves in as the season seems to fast approach because we're only two and a half weeks away or thereabouts, maybe slightly less. I think two weeks from this weekend. Uh, so it's 16 or 17 days now uh, before the season starts. And there's still a lot that needs to go on to get us to where we need to be. But look, at the end of the day, I'll leave it with the manager. Um, I back Ten Hag and I think he, or Ten Hag, and I think he has the right idea. I think he's playing good football. And I mean, if there's anything. If there are issues in relation to transfers, budgeting, finances, and whatnot, obviously I would not pin any of that blame on him uh, given how poorly the club is generally run behind closed doors. So, yeah, we're just going to look forward to the future, talk about the experience of United being here in Melbourne and what a good few days it was. Uh, But, yeah, without further ado, let's just get into it. So United kicked off preseason with um, a 4-0 win against Liverpool, much to my amazement as well as that of many United fans, I guess, around the world. Uh, and I guess, man, Bangkok Century Cup champions. I mean, what a feeling. What a time to be alive. Now I'm winding up. Uh, nah, look, United won the Bangkok Century Cup, which is essentially just a preseason friendly, but slightly glorified because the clubs have made the effort to go over to a neutral venue, which I believe is in Thailand. Um, and yeah, look, United won 4-0, goals from Sancho, Fred, Martial, and Palestri, and good outing. I think Liverpool... Almost had the ascendancy for a lot of the game and people said, oh, the Liverpool played their kids and United played their starting 11. But at the end of the day, look, a lot of changes happened throughout these games. I mean, the second game, United subbed off the entire 11. Pressure happened again against Liverpool as well. And look, a 4-0 win is a 4-0 win. You take it. We played well. It was a good win. And even when United actually subbed off the starting 11 and brought on a lot of the kids and Liverpool brought on a lot of their senior players, well, that was 3-0 at that point. And then United scored to make it 4. So is what it is. And it was a great way to start the preseason. But again... I'm positive, I'm optimistic, and I'm starting to believe, and I'm ready to get hurt. But I think, yeah, the signs are good, and I'm just going to not allow myself to get too emotionally invested in a good victory like that, along with the following games uh, from the preseason tour, just because as soon as round one rocks up, you just never know. Um, yeah, the way you think it can be turned on its head. Because uh, for all I know, we rock up to Brighton and just get absolutely battered. Or, you know, the 1-0, they sit back, absorb pressure, we can't break it down, and it's just, you know, deja vu. Here we go again. But... Yeah, no, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm really optimistic. And yeah, the Liverpool game is a good start. I'm not going to focus too much on that one just because I actually didn't go to it, obviously, because it was overseas. But look, the games in Australia I was at, and I'm going to talk to them in a bit more depth as well as transfers. So yeah, the following game was Manchester United v. Melbourne Victory at the MCG. Um, for those of you listening from board who aren't aware, uh, Melbourne Victory is basically an Australian team from Melbourne, which is where United were touring, which is where I'm from. <clears throat> uh, and look, the A-League is not exactly a highly reputable or... Uh, I guess, a credible league in terms of compared to what United are used to playing against. But look, victory, I guess, to their credit, early on, they actually started really well and went 1-0 within five minutes. Um, and I think the same goes for the victory in the Crystal Palace game. The ways in which United conceded, because it was a 4-1 win against victory and a 3-1 win against Palace, the goals we conceded were still, um, I guess, a complete replica of what we were seeing last season. Like, we're still... The victory goal was just a counter-attack early on. Victory played out of the back, kept it well, and then just broke um, 
broke down the right-hand side and the flank cut it across and Chris Economides um, buried it. And it was just one of those when we played a hide line, we stepped forward and as soon as the fullback got turned, which was Luke Shaw at the time, uh, we will caught with our pants down. Harry Maguire couldn't get back and Economides was there uh, to finish off the cross. So it was a goal that we've seen a hundred times over. We were exposed to that a lot last season. And I think it's annoying because it's like, cool, obviously, like, I mean, certain issues are always going to remain and it's going to take for a new manager to make changes not only to how a team plays, but to really get rid of either dead wood. Um, and I guess the recurring issues that you see a team struggle from uh, throughout a season, it's going to take time. So I'm not really surprised that that, and obviously a set piece against Crystal Palace were the ways we were conceding goals in the preseason. Um, I think that's going to take a bit more effort to change uh, as opposed to, I guess, the way we keep the ball play and look to break down opposing defenses. But uh, from there, United, I still think we kind of struggled in the first half. I don't think United dominated the first half. Victory sat deep, but we didn't really create chances. That was the thing. United had most of the ball. Um, we kept it well, played through the middle, looked out wide. But then it was like, it was kind of similar to last season to an extent where we kind of get out wide, looked to put in a dangerous area, it would get intercepted, Victory would hoof it back to halfway, and then United would come at them again. Um, but then, yeah, Scott McTominay scored a really fortunate deflection in the 43rd minute. And then Martial scored actually a really nice goal to make it 2-1 just before halftime as well. So it was two goals in three minutes. Um, yeah, Martial's goal was, um, I believe Diogo Dello pushed forward, whipped it in, and then Alanga got a touch in the middle. And then Martial just chested and volleyed it uh, from close range. Easy enough finish. But it was a good goal. Um, so United went, up, went into halftime 2-1 uh, up. And then second half... Ten Hag made 11 substitutions. So it was quite a young uh, United side. Uh, the likes of Tahith Chong, um, Ethan Laird, um, Charlie Savage, Zidanek Bal, uh, to name a few, had come on. Uh, Eric Bailly was on. And then Rashford was one of the more experienced players. Ahmad Diallo is playing up front as well uh, with Rashford and Chong. Yeah, so there's a fair few changes. And um, yeah, look, we didn't, United didn't quite dominate the game the same way they did. But the kids actually looked really good. There was a lot of promise. And a lot of people were talking about Charlie Savage and Zidanek Bal. Uh, and the way they played. And I think they played really well as well. I wouldn't look too much into it in terms of like the caliber of player they're playing against compared to what you're going to be playing against when you're playing in the Premier League or the Champions League, I guess in this case, Europa League for us this season. But I think they actually played really, really well. And things like this with like the preseason tour, it's a really good opportunity for United fans like myself to watch these kids because, <clears throat> sorry, um, you don't see a lot of them like of, I think, Savage, Iqbal, um, and some of the younger players, the only glimpses we really got last season were once the season was basically over. So the last couple of games, they featured a bit, likes of Hannibal as well. Um, and then also that Champions League group game number six because we'd qualified. So then, um, yeah, we made 11 changes, which was uh, Ralph's doing at the time and Ranjik was in charge. So yeah, I think that was really, uh, really good to get to see them 45 minutes uh, playing the United senior team. And they had a few senior players in there still, uh, obviously like Bailly and Rashford and what have you. So yeah, and then second half, United went 3-1 up. Uh, Eric Bay actually, yeah, I saw this tweet from, I think it was Stratford Paddock, and it was hilarious. And I'll get onto them later because I met them while they were following the tour, and they're the loveliest people in the world. But um, yeah, it was just Eric Bay In the space of five minutes, he literally had the ball at the back all the time in the world, and he gave it away and nearly uh, conceded a goal as a result. And within two minutes, he picked it up, done a step over, rounded one player, dribbled past another, and then hit Rashford with a perfect through ball uh, to team up for a goal. And the tweet was something along the lines of, in the space of two minutes, Eric Bailly has shown us exactly why he needs to be shown the door and built a statue. And it's like, it's so true because the guy, he's so inconsistent. He is so inconsistent, even in terms of his eligibility with his injury proneness um, and also his consistency in terms of his performances. One game, he's like prime Franz Beckenbauer and then other days he's belongs in the Victorian State League. So, you know, it's 
when he's on, he's on. And more often than not, I actually think he does turn up when he plays. But it's just the inconsistency uh, due to his uh, recurring injuries, which has made it really, really difficult for him to secure a starting spot or actually allow United to build a team around a centre-back like him. Because he, he is brilliant when he plays consistently. But yeah, it's a matter of getting the best out of him. Uh, and then, yeah, we also got to see Nani make his victory debut because he just signed for Melbourne Victory. So I guess considering it was against United, how fitting as well. A lot of United fans, I think there was 77,000 in the stadium. Yeah, got to see Nani make his first outing in Navy Blue. So yeah, Nani came on a couple of minutes later. The guy that came on with him, named Edmund uh, LaPanchu, uh, yeah, scored an own goal, which was assisted by Tahith Chong. Nice run, good ball in, dangerous area. Turned it to his own net and United went 4-1 up. Um, but the game had kind of fizzled out a bit by then anyway. But it was good. It was a good outing, good performance. And I don't think United played brilliantly. I was more impressed with the Crystal Palace game a few days later. But the uh, result was good. And it's good to see Stars playing as well. Bruno, uh, likes of Bruno Fred. Um, De Gea didn't play the first game. But yeah, you get the gist. Martial, Rashford, Sancho was actually really good in both games as well. A lot more influential in the second. But yeah, uh, victory game was positive. And yeah, United ended up being the more dominant team. A lot of the ball. And yeah, I think... One thing I noticed from this game, uh, the victory game, and actually both the Palace game as well, is that the way Ten Hag's got us playing, it's it's early days, but I'm seeing capabilities of United being able to break down a low block because we've always, always struggled, uh, especially in the last couple of seasons to do that. It's as soon as the team sits back, and everyone just did it last season. It was too easy. They'd sit back. <clears throat> as soon as the team sits back, United would just sit there. We'd get the ball. We'd play it around the back. Harry Maguire, that's a Dallow at right back. Maybe hit Fred back to Dallow, make a run forward, look for Sancho or Rashford, whoever's out wide. And then we'd basically just hoof, hoof across him from 30 yards. We'd come back out, recycle, and we go again. We can see the goal on the counter-attack, and we end up losing one or two nil. So uh, it's nice that teams that were actually attempting to do that, because Palace and Victory both did try to sit really deep, uh, United actually found ways of breaking them down. And it was actually, it was through no, I guess, uh, through no good fortune or no luck involved. Like, they were nice goals. There was actually a lot of nice goals scored in the preseason tour, which uh, I think for me is actually more important than the fact that we we're scoring goals and winning games because, yeah, the way this forwards are linking up, especially in the Palace game, is brilliant. But, yeah, we'll move on to the Palace game now. Um, so, yeah, then on, which was, what day is it now? It's Friday. On Tuesday, United versus Crystal Palace, also at the MCG. Uh, and this is a good game. And, yeah, before the game, I went to the uh, Crafty Squire, which is... Or for those of you who don't know, it's a pub in Melbourne, basically. And yeah, it was a basically a Manchester United fan pub. And the guys from Stretford Paddock were there uh, from the podcast. So yeah, I decided to get down there a bit early before the game, um, have a drink and yeah, just kind of chat with them, see how they were. And yeah, honestly, it was good to see the reception they were getting because they do a really good job. Their podcast is brilliant. I'll tell you to check them out. But if you listen to this, then chances are you listen to them anyway. Um, but yeah, Adam McCullough, Jay Moddy and Joe Smith were all here. Um, yeah, and it was really good to kind of pick at their brain, have a chat with them, talk football. <clears throat> Um, and the reception they got from the Melbourne fans is really good as well. They were getting shattered drinks all night. Uh, they were all triple parked by the time I got there. So, yeah, um, it was really good. So, yeah, all three of them were really, really lovely. And they actually, you can tell they love what they do. Like, they take the time to talk to fans, discuss football. Um, and they actually, like, yeah, obviously, they've got everyone's got their opinions. They have theirs. And they listen to you voicing yours as well. So, I think it's really, really good they do. Um, and even, like, yeah, attending pubs like, pub, like, uh, sorry, bars and pubs like that in Melbourne, getting to know the fans and what have you is, like, yeah, I think a really good thing to do because it's quite motivating for me as well. Obviously, I have my own uh, Manchester United podcast and I guess listening to theirs is kind of what gave me the motivation to do so because I don't know, I listen to what they talk about, what they say and I was like, look, I'm, I back myself to do something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I guess kind of have a journalism background in terms of what I studied at uni. Um, and yeah, I think it's a good way for me to kind of express my again, emotions when it comes to football. So 
yeah, listening to them and then kind of, it kind of gave me that nudge to get into doing this. And I really, really have enjoyed it. And yeah, I, I gave a massive thank you as well. Like I let them know how much I appreciate the work they do, how it motivated me to do this. Um, and also the content it provided to me, and I'm guessing a lot of other Australians during our lockdown, because uh, we spent so much time in 2020 and 2021 stuck at home, not being able to leave the house. Uh, yeah, I just gave him mad thanks. But yeah, it was really, really good to chat to him uh, and talk ball with him as well. So yeah, great way to start the day. And then yeah, headed off to the MCG shortly after to watch the game. So yeah, United versus Palace. And this game was, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I thought it was a much more enjoyable game than the victory one, uh, albeit less convincing on the scoreboard. I think the performance itself was much better, a lot more convincing, and the goals were pretty nice. So yeah, United went 1-0 up. Uh, through Anthony Martial. And he actually really could have had two because there was a goal. Jack, Jack Butler made a tremendous save probably like 10 minutes in um, when Fred slid Martial through. He got fingertips to it. And I think he ended up, I'm not sure what actually ended up being done, but he damaged his, whether he fractured, broke, sprained, jarred or something to his fingers or his wrist. Uh, you could see like, yeah, Martial kind of rocketed one and it caught him awkwardly. So then Jack Butler came off, came off and got replaced in uh, the 10th, 12th, 15th minute. Uh, and then Martial ended up scoring off a Diogo Dello cross, which was a great ball in on his weak foot as well. Uh, chested it down, struck it home, and United went 1-0 up. And yeah, with again, it's much like the victory game, there's about 77,000 people in the crowd. So it was really good attendance. Uh, yeah, so then pretty much like that till halftime, it was 1-0. Um, it kind of fizzled out a bit. But then the second half, United started really well. I thought we were going to make 11 subs like we did against victory, bring on all the kids. But Ten Hag gave the seniors or the starting 11 a bit more time. And I'm guessing... It's probably because we're kind of getting a lot closer to the season start. Players need to be getting match fit. And I think he's kind of fleshing out what his starting 11 or his like real core group of senior players is going to be. So same starting lineup came out um, for the second half. There was only one change. So it was, yeah, it was De Gea, Dallo, Maguire, Lindelof, Malassia, McTominay, Fred as a CDM, Sancho, Bruno, Rashford across the attacking midfield roles, and then Marshall at striker. Only change he made at halftime was Donny van der Beek on for McTominay, who actually played really well as well, got an assist. Um... But yeah, so yeah, that's um, that group uh, pretty much came out for the second half, um, which was kind of a relief because I was hoping it was only 1-0 at the time as well. And I thought, yeah, I would have loved to see a bit more of the senior players. And yeah, I guess Ten Hag gave the people what they wanted because, well, yeah, it's uh, getting close to season's time and uh, it's about time, you know, getting their fitness up. So yeah, really good outing. And then, yeah, United's second goal belongs in a museum. It was a goal by Marcus Rashford, and it was absolutely brilliant. So De Gea got it at the back, and I think we'd been playing some balls uh, beforehand early. Switched it out to left back, and was it Dallow that... No, it was... I think Bruno nodded it on to Rashford. He played on to Bruno, and then... Um, yeah, you know, came, yeah, then came over the top. Martial brings it down, plays it to Jaden Sancho, threads it through for Donny van der Beek, but van der Beek didn't get there. Martial gets on the end of it, takes a touch, van der Beek cuts it back and Rashford scores. And it was just, it was beautiful football. It was genuinely, genuinely class football. Uh, and I guess those are the sorts of goals I want to be seeing in preseason and in general, because we didn't really do that last year. Like very rarely do we score a nice, well-built up footballing goal when the team look like they're on, on, on the same page, playing cohesively and creating chances through no fault of the opposition. Um, but through their own creativity. So I guess when you have that ability in a team that's playing so well, uh, it doesn't matter if you're versing Man City, Liverpool, or someone like Brighton that are going to really be good at sitting back and destroying you on the counter-attack or offset pieces, um, you're able to break them down. So I think those changes in the way Ten Hag has us playing at the moment is really, really good and really, really promising. Uh, and then, yeah, shortly after that, about 10 minutes later, Jaden Sancho scored a nice goal as well. Um yeah, Rashford got it out wide and led the ball to Martial, who just took a touch and threaded it through to Sancho's ongoing run. Um, and yeah, he took his time, ran in, one-on-one with the keeper. Um, and yeah, 
uh, let the keeper move to cover his cover cross goal, his far post, and then Sancho just uh, rifled it near post. It was a great finish, great goal. Uh, and yeah, ended up rounding off the performance from United. But then we went on to concede a header off a corner from Joel Ward, which in the 75th minute, like the kids were back on. And so yeah, it wasn't the starting 11, I suppose. But yeah, those errors are still there because we have been battered off set pieces. Like from last season, not only conceding off set pieces, but not being able to score off one until like, I think the second Leeds game, which was in February, um, like six months into the season. So yeah, to concede another goal for corner was kind of frustrating, but I think it's that area of our game of United's game is going to take a lot more work than um, necessarily how Ten Hag has us playing in terms of the goals that we're scoring, the way we're playing going forward, the way we're playing out of the back and keeping the ball. So yeah, I mean, it's never going to all be, you know, easy fix overnight. And it's going to take time. But yeah, the signs are there. Uh, the promise is there. And I'm starting to believe. And yeah, I'm pretty much ready for this club to break my heart once more because we seem to have a good habit of doing that just when you manage to get hope. Happened under Jose, happened under Oli. And I hope it doesn't happen like that under Ten Hag. So yeah, uh, the kids came on. Will Fish got red card in the 84th minute. And to be fair, like, I don't want to... I'm not going to slander the kid. He's young and yeah, he made a mistake. It was gave the ball away stupidly, then brought down, I think it was AU uh, for Crystal Palace. And yeah, he got sent off. But yeah, other than that, United just kind of sat back, almost scored another one actually in like injury time. But then yeah, it was just a matter of seeing the game out. And we did. So yeah, really good game. Um, atmosphere. The atmosphere, the thing is with these preseason friendly games, the atmosphere is always so interesting because like I've been to Premier League games. I've been to four Manchester United Premier League games. Um one at uh, St. Mary's was an away game and then three at Old Trafford. And yeah, it's just like the atmosphere in a preseason friendly is just not, it's kind of flat. Like it's one of those things where like pregame it's going off. They've got the pregame entertainment. I'm not huge on pregame entertainment in terms of football, but I guess for like a tour and stuff, I get it. The fireworks, the fire cannons or whatever it is, um, the light show and whatnot. Like it gets the vibe. And I guess there's a lot of neutrals that are there to watch the game, not just support the team. So I understand it. But then like the game kind of starts and it's kind of flat just until United either create chances or score a goal. So yeah, in that sense, it's interesting. But it's again, it was really good to see the players. Um, two games at MCG. Um, I was really happy to be there. Uh, and the signs are good. So United have got... Uh, they're playing in Perth against Aston Villa in... Oh, it's tomorrow. Yeah, sorry. Tomorrow in the afternoon, uh, 5.45 p.m. But um, yeah, we'll see how that game goes. I hope United win. Um, but again, uh, only time will tell. But yeah, uh, I guess leading up to... Uh, the season there's also there's actually yeah there's a couple more friendlies as well so that's the last leg of the uh, australia tour then after that united will have atletico madrid and Rio Vallecano. um back-to-back days apparently yeah i didn't even know those games are on i just thought it was the asia pacific tour uh, which ends with villa aston villa tomorrow uh, and then yeah season starts 7th of august and it's a 9 p.m kickoff for me which is fucking incredible uh 7th of august at not is that a sunday or Oh, God. Anyway, sorry. I'm pretty sure I'm in the snow that weekend. But yeah, um, watching the game anyway. United v. Brighton's going to be a massive one and looking forward to it. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of transfers, United have brought in a few. So we brought in Malasia from, uh, it was PSV Eindhoven. He's Dutch. Uh, Ericsson came in from uh, Brentford. And then also Lissandro Martinez has come in from Ajax. Uh, look, three good signings. Three necessary signings. We definitely need another fullback. Although I did think we probably needed a right back more than a left back. But look, is what it is. Uh, happy with that. And he looked good in the preseason games as well. But again, uh, you never know till you know. So we'll see what happens during the season. But it's good to have another fullback on hand. Uh, and I don't think we'll be pursuing a fullback before we pursue forwards now. Uh, Christian Eriksen is essentially, I think, going to be Matt's replacement. But he'll actually clock up a lot more minutes than what Juan did uh, in his last couple of seasons at United. 
Um, but I'm just not sure what that means for Donny van der Beek. But he did play really well against Palace uh, in the second half when he came on. So maybe, just maybe, he actually will still manage to get minutes under Ten Hag because I'm kind of scared he'd essentially fill in the role, the void that like Donny van der Beek makes it at the moment, even though he's not a starting player. So yeah, it's a good signing. But it just kind of also leaves a few question marks in terms of Donny van der Beek for me. Because um, if we prioritize Ericsson over him, then... Yeah, um, there'll be a few question marks there. Uh, yeah, then on top of that, um, yeah, Lissandro Martinez, uh, the one, the man, um, centre back from Ajax, also played CDM the season before or two seasons before that. Uh, man, and a lot of question marks over his height, and it's actually frustrating me. Like, I understand the Premier League's physical and it's big league, but it's like at the end of the day, there are so many. Like, look at Harry Maguire at the moment. I'm not gonna like, I don't want to slander him, and also to the fans that brood Harry Maguire, shame on you. Um, I don't care whether you want him in or out or not, or whatever it is, whatever your agenda is, your priorities are, your agenda and your priority should always be the well-being of the club and the club doing well, succeeding, winning games. Knocking your captain's confidence just before the season starts, whether you boom or not, he's going to play. And at the end of the day, if you get in his head, knock him down a peg and he's more likely to play poorly in the Premier League, then we drop points. It's just going to be this vicious cycle. Like at least get behind him, support him. And I know the people that brewed him weren't actually United fans. It was just kids that were there that thought they were going to be Meme culture, TikTok, you know, Harry Maguire. I uh, thought they'll be making gags and thought they were hilarious. But at the end of the day, I think it's the wrong thing to do. And I condemn anyone that did it. So anyone that brewed Maguire, get a grip. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, Harry Maguire has struggled uh, last season. At the end of the day, it's like, look, there are short centre-backs that do well. There are giant centre-backs that are poor. So I don't think we should be focusing on the fact that he's five foot nine Because uh, he had a better aerial dual win percentage last season than... Um, I think we should... Oh, Ward. Yeah, I think it was Joel Ward or someone like that. So, like, you know what I mean? It's like there are players out there that are humongous that, you know, aren't necessarily as good in the air or can't defend to save their lives. And, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I back Ten Hag signing. Um, he's called the Argentine butcher for a reason, so I don't think his aggression is going to be a problem in the Premier League. I think he's cut out for it. Uh, and look, at the moment, we've got no real natural CDMs, but six centre-backs, if you include Lissandro. So, so I think there's a good possibility he'll end up playing at CDM anyway. Um because we've got Jones, Bailly, Lindelof, Varane, Maguire, and then now Lissandro Martinez as well, when we're going to play two max three centre-backs at one point, uh, yeah, during any given game. So good chance he plays CDM anyway, um, and I'll be fine with that. But yeah, we'll see, because uh, if he does play centre-back, I just can't see Varane being left out of the squad completely. The guy's won four Champions League medals and uh, World Cup, and yeah, he's still in there, I think, 29-30, so yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I'm looking forward to Lissandro Martinez though. And I hope he proves people wrong. Because at the end of the day, I know these are extreme cases, but it's like Puyol was 5'10", Cannavaro 5'9", Berezi 5'9". You can play center back and be sure. Cannavaro won the, like, Cannavaro won the Ballon d'Or and he was 5'9", in 2006. And he captained his country to a World Cup in that year. Like, it, just, it doesn't matter if he's short. He's got a good leap. He reads the game well. He defends well. And he plays well off the other center back. At the end of the day, if it comes down the guts, Maguire can contest. Lissandro can sit off. You know what I mean? Like, they'll make it work. So I'm looking forward to him. And I think people that are looking to his heart that much need to get over it. Because I've genuinely never heard that much slander for a player for being considered short. So, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's funny. But I guess that's the... I don't know. There's a general kind of media agenda and bias against United, which comes and goes. But look, I'm looking forward to the season. And yeah, look, the Villa game's tomorrow. So... I don't think I'm going to do any more preseason ones. I reckon I'm going to save it for after the Brighton game. And as soon as I get back from the snow, um, I'll watch it while I'm up there. Uh, I'm going to be doing a podcast to, yeah, kind of talk about the season. So maybe, if, look, if we get a couple more signings, uh, maybe any big names, because we're linked with Depay at the moment, um, I'll look into that. But yeah, for the time being, happy with how it was. It was a good preseason tour, and it was good to see both the Stratford Paddock lads and the Manchester United side coming down to Melbourne. 
and putting in some good performances. But yeah, otherwise, that's all for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm out.